Okay, good morning. We've been discussing the strategies of the Yetzirahara continues the Havot al-Levavot and says Akhda he says he wants us to know something. He's about to give us some very important piece of advice. When dealing with the Yetzirahara we must know his strength. We must learn his strategy. That's what you do when you have an enemy. They have rooms and rooms of people that sit down and try to understand where the enemy is headed. It's very hard to fight an enemy if you don't know what their goals and what their plans are. So it's very important that with the Yetzirah to learn the Yetzirah's strategies and what his strength is, as we've been doing. But here is an important piece of information, which also is very important in any war. He says you should know, Sheyesh law, he has, the Yetzirah has, Hulsha Ahat Amitit. He has one real weakness. You want to win a battle, you have to know your enemy's strength. And if you could find a weakness, very important for you to realize how to take advantage of that weakness. The Yisrara says the Havot Alivavot has a weakness. She'im mudala, which means that if you are aware of it, aware of it doesn't mean that you go to class one morning and you hear about it. It means that you are constantly aware of it. Many things we learn, we learn them and we delete them. Mudala means something that a person is constantly aware of. If you're aware of this constantly, you can, you can wipe him out. You could trample on him easily. Imagine. He says that if you know this, you're aware of it, you can trounce the Yetzirah easily. He went from the biggest enemy, Soneh Gadol, and now with this information, he is going to be destroyed easily. That's a pretty wide range. Vehu lo with this information that I'm going to give you, you will be able to beat him easily and he won't be able to stand against you. Cannot stand to you. 
He cannot stand up to you. Sounds like you're going to pull the rug from under him. You know, it's one thing to beat somebody. Lo yuchal le'azik ma'amad means he's not even going to be able to fight. You're going to be able to pull the rug and it's gone. Amazing. I mean, you can avoid the whole fight. Nice. Hul Here is the weakness, the weakness of the Yitzhak. The moment we're all waiting for. All the issues in life can be removed, solved with this piece of information. Unbelievable. That one thing can make everything different. His clear weakness. He says, You should know his entire goal and purpose. He. His entire purpose is to show you something which is obviously false, not right, not good for you, not what you should do, not what you should say, not where you should go. Sheker. Sheker doesn't mean only when a person lies. That's only one kind of... Sheker means when you do something that is clearly not good for you. You think it's good for you, so you think it's emet, it's what you need, but really it's sheker. It's not what you want, not good for you, not getting you to your desired goal. Everybody wants to get somewhere in life, and usually it's a good place. We want simha, we want to, to accomplish, we want to be able to enjoy all, the, all that we do. We all have a goal, but along the road to get there, there's a lot of sheker for the road that we want to get on. We're not talking about the road that somebody else wants on. The road that we want, for example, a person gets married. What's his goal in the marriage? To have an awesome marriage. But along the road, there's a lot of sheker. There's a lot of things along the way that may look like it's getting you there, but it's not getting you there. That's called sheker. Anytime there is something that is the opposite of your benefit and you think it's beneficial, it's called sheker. He says his whole purpose, the etzera, is to show you something that is sheker, ke'emet, shows you this is the right thing for you. Right now, you have to yell at your wife. There's no other way. You'll never be happy if you don't do it. Right now. You got to show who's boss because you don't know what's coming. Emet. Meanwhile, total shekin. Your goal of what you're trying to achieve, you went 10 steps back. But he made you, for a moment at least, feel... This is the emet. Take your son 
and start belittling him. He has to know he's doing wrong. If you don't belittle him, how is he going to know how little he is acting? So you go and you may tell him, you know, you're a zero. You have been a zero since you bought mitzvah. And let me remind you of all the different guilt, the, the different things that you've done. Remember that time when you did this? Remember the time we did that? And then as you're talking, you start remembering all the different things. And you walk away saying, oh, I think I got to him. Clearly, I told him. Amen. This is sheker. You just destroyed any kind of hope of helping your son. And you actually made him feel like a zero. Something that is evil, he can make you see it as, oh, gorgeous. Okay, that, we know that's what he does. We learned that already. We already learned that this is his job, to misrepresent. But where's the weakness? Here he goes. Ah, here he goes. Where's the weakness? Who osezot? He does this game of misrepresenting something that is terrible for you. Goes to a young man, a young lady. He tells them, yeah, do this, go here, take that. Sheker, destroying them. Makes them look like it's a great thing, makes it feel like it's something very important. How many examples, how many millions of examples we could give on this? He says, however, he does this, this misrepresentation, he does it often, which means he is only capable, he is only capable of a shallow representation. You have to know that. The Yeshara is not capable of misrepresenting on a deeper level. Meaning he can only misrepresent cosmetically. If you're living on the surface you're right into his game. Because on the surface, on the packaging, he is magnificent. He can package you poison as if it's the most important thing that you should be having. He is an expert in representing the product on the outside. He would be in the advertising business a gadol. He would be a truly giant person in the world of advertising. He would be able to give you the feeling of the product from the package. That's his strength. But you have to know that's where his strength ends 
He's only good in packaging. If you actually open the package and look inside, you will see the disaster. He has no power in depth. His power is only external. It's superficial. Gentlemen, this is really important information. On the packaging, he's an expert. You go past the packaging, he's a zero. Not that he's uh, not so good. Past the packaging, he has nothing to him. Now that you know, now that you realize the weakness of the Yetzirah. So now you realize, who is his best customer? His best customer is a person who's shallow. A person who thinks shallow, who acts shallow, whose relationships are shallow, whose goals are shallow. Very, very simple person. There's no depth to that person. A person with no depth to him is a person who is a prime candidate for the Yitzhahara. His relationships shallow, his conversations shallow, his goals are shallow. Shallow means that things that don't require a lot of thinking. There are people who have depth to them. For example, when they talk, the words aren't coming out of their mouth. They're coming out of a deeper place. And then there are people who just talk. There's no, there's no depth to it. One time a person... gave over an opinion in a group about something and I didn't respond to him. So after the class, somebody came over to me and says, why don't you tell him something? So I told him I have a rule in life. I took on this rule some years ago. I said, someone who doesn't know himself what he's saying I don't argue with him. It's a rule. Someone who himself doesn't understand why he said what he said. There's no sense of discussion. You're talking to the walls. Someone who came and thought about it and questioned it and worked it out is someone you can engage with. But someone who talks Say, people spend their life saying, what did she mean? What did he mean by that? For most people, you know what he meant? He didn't mean anything. He just doesn't think when they talk. What do they mean? People sit and analyze others who are not people of depth. When you try to analyze people who are not deep, you only get yourself in trouble. Because you'll say, oh, you, oh, oh, you know what they meant by that? 
You know what they must have been thinking when they said that? You know where they were going with that? And all nonsense. They weren't thinking, they weren't planning. They just talk. People just talk to make conversation. And when you try to analyze it and go in depth, you can only get yourself in trouble. Either you're wasting your time or you're making up things that they're thinking about. They're not thinking. Most people do not really think. Most people, they react. Most people are like, you'll forgive me, like trained dogs. Trained dogs. A dog, like other animals, can be trained. You whistle once, twice, three times and teach him what that means. At some point, when you whistle, he'll do everything what he's supposed to do. You make certain sounds, he knows what you have to do, what he has to do. Certain words even, he can react to. Most people live their life on autopilot and they're just reacting they wake up in the morning the same way they woke up for the last 30 years they engage in conversations the one they've been used to say engaging for 30 years they go to the same places with the same words with the same attitude their relationships are the same type of connection they're just basically playing out the parts they're reactive. Comes the morning, they have to wake up. Then they have to get dressed. Then they have to go here. They have to eat breakfast. They're hungry. Now they go to work. Now they exercise. And then even in business, reactive. Oh, they said I'm going to buy it for 9. No, no, 9.50. That doesn't take a lot of chokhmah. That's all things you've been trained that you try to get a better price. When you're buying, you try to get cheaper. If you're selling, you try to get more. You don't need depth for that. If you look at our lives, they can be lived on a shallow level. The relationships with people are very shallow. The conversations, so shallow. Just tune in sometimes, not in a way to make fun of people, God forbid, but you should tune in sometimes to people's conversation. There's not, nothing there. There's really nothing there. How are you? How's your day? How's your vacation? How's it? How's it? How's it? How's it? How's it? They could sit for literally three and a half hours and the end, 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 there was nothing exchanged. Zero. They said the right words. They knew the prompt, how to answer that word. They realized how to answer that word. They knew when to get excited. They knew when to go, oh, I feel so bad. They knew when, it's all routine. That nobody feels bad. Nobody, oh, I feel so bad. Really? I feel so bad for you. That it really happened to you. Check it. They don't feel bad. They don't even think to feel bad. They just know that when someone tells you they fell and they hurt themselves, they say, Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Hazid, really, I feel so terrible. They don't feel terrible. 
They don't even care. They're not even thinking about you falling. They just know that you're supposed to do that. You understand? Oh, oh, your daughter got engaged. Oh, I'm so happy for you. You don't know, kids. Not true. They're not happy for you. This is real. I'm not, I'm not making stuff up. This is real. That's right. There is a script in each social uh, 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 setting. There's a per everyone knows the cues, right? And just people just basically turn on the game. They put on power. And then it just goes. And if you think I'm exaggerating, just next time you're in a social setting, just take a three minute, just put your ear somewhere. You'll see there's nothing there. Nothing, zero. Now this is not just in the social setting. It's the whole life. It's all, it's all external. It's all acting out what is expected. It's all reactive to what person either has done or has seen others do. And their life from morning to night is just external. There isn't much depth to their words, to their actions, and to their relationships. We're talking not just with strangers, we're talking with family. Even a father with his children could be a very external type of connection. There's very little depth to it. A marriage could have very... Those type of people, they don't just turn on and off when necessary. If you're an external person, usually that's who you are. So that means you go into a marriage and you do the same thing. You tell your wife, oh, I miss you so much. She knows you're lying. But guess what? She's happy that you're even trying to lie. Because that's what she got used to. She's not even expecting it. A real person. At least fake it. You think I'm exaggerating? I'm an expert in these areas. Just know. I have a PhD. No, there's no real. There's no real I miss you. It's a sketch. It's a fake. There's no I'm thinking about you. There's no really I feel your pain. Huh? It, it could be. It could be. But it's not a button you could push on and off. There are people who live past the packaging and there are people who stay right there. And it's not something you turn on and off based on where you are. It's a type of person. So if you're that kind of person, you take it everywhere. You take it everywhere. All your relationships, including the most important ones, are the same. Again, it doesn't mean that you're fighting with people. It just means that there's no depth to anything that you do or anything that you say. And it's unfortunate. And by the way, this could happen. Doesn't Not only could happen, happens even in religion. The guy I'm talking about is a religious guy. He wakes up every morning. Why? Because that's what he did for the last 30 years. He says, Why? Because that's what it says in the Sidur. And they taught him from... When he was five years old, to say the words. He comes to shul, he puts on tefillin, like he did all the days of his life. And he prays every day with a minyan, like he's done. And 
he goes and he keeps his Shabbat. Why? Because that's what he does. And he learns because that's what he does. Even in religious observance, it could be just a package. This is not a bad person that we're talking about. It's not an evil person. It could be a very nice person. It could be a very good person. But they're unaware that their entire life is external, superficial, and shallow. You have to know that. Says the Havot Alevavot, such a personality is a great target for the Yetzirah because on the level of packaging, he can destroy you. And that's why you find people really suffering in so many ways. He can only get you because you're not deeper than you should be. And once you know this, once you know this is the weakness of the Yetzirah, then you realize that there's only one system. The system is you got to go and become a different kind of person. And it's not so easy to change. But it's certainly possible. And it's a must after you read this paragraph. You will not be able to live a real great life in any area if you don't have depth to you. Because the Yetzirah will always win and will always come on top. You know, we know in the, in the, the words of Hachamim, they describe the creation and they describe the different categories of the creation. They tell us that there are four different types of creations. There is a domem. Domem is the inanimate. A rock is domem. Then there is something that's greater, which is called somea. Somea means things that grow. Trees, plants. Another category of creation. And then there is the high. High means the ones that move. Those are the animals. That's the next category. And then the final, the top, the peak, is called the medaber. The medaber is the one who speaks. So interesting when it came to when it came to humans, our uniqueness is that we speak, that we talk. But in truth, when you look in the Torah, it's a different story. That's not really what Hashem says is unique about a human being. Because the Pasuk says, Naase Adam, let us make men. In our image, that's like us. So that she says, what do you mean like? How do you be like Hashem? In what way like Hashem? As she says, Lehavin means to have Bina. Bina means to have wisdom. And to be able to build on that wisdom. 
The word Bina, Bina, is from the word Bone. Bone means to build. Chokhmah, we say in the Amida, Chokhmah Bina Vada'at. Chokhmah is raw wisdom. Meaning, you learnt something either from a book, from, from someone's words, from experience, you learnt something. That's called chokhmah. When a person learns, he's adding wisdom. But even wisdom could be superficial. Which means that there is a person who is very external. You understand? It's not uh, A or B. There are levels in between. You could be super shallow. Super, super shallow. You can have a little bit of depth to you. You can have deeper and deeper. Chokhmah is wisdom. Obviously, someone with wisdom has a little more depth than a person who doesn't have wisdom. But even wisdom could be studied, means I could learn something, but on a shallow level. For example, I'll give you an example. Go into a five-year-old classroom and they're learning about the parasha. And they learn all the different facts of what Abraham Avinu did. They come home, they have their notes, their sheep, and they give over what the teacher taught them about Abraham Avinu. Now, you ask them a question. Let me ask you, how come Abraham Avinu, how come he ran after a guest? So, we, we didn't learn that. That wasn't, we, we didn't learn it. The, oh, I don't know. The teacher never said it. We don't know. Got it? That's chokhmah. A person is able to learn something. It's not only for five-year-olds. It could be for also... For 95-year-olds, all the same. A person could take in wisdom as he received it. It's deeper than external, shallow. You learn something, but it's a very shallow piece of information that has very little chance of helping you in life. Why? Why? Because you're never going to have exactly the same situation as Abraham Avinu in your life. You're not going to have three Arabs on a hot day coming when you're sitting by your tent. So, but since you learned the information as is, the only thing you take away from it is as is. So it has no real application to your life because that situation is not really going to happen. Most wisdom doesn't happen the way you exactly learn it. Because every person is unique. Every situation is unique. Every relationship is unique. So whenever you learn something, either from a book or from a story, or from experience, you're never going to have exactly the same situation again. There's always going to be something different about your situation. 
So when you learn wisdom in a shallow way, meaning shallow means you take it for face value. Yes? So that's a shallow wisdom that has very little chance of having you be a deeper person. When does wisdom go from shallow into depth? We call that in Hebrew, Bina. Bina means that you have an understanding of the wisdom, you processed the wisdom, you thought about the wisdom, you questioned why, why not, you went into it, and now you're able to use the wisdom in many other ways that it wasn't what you learned. You learned the story by Abraham Avinu that he ran after his guest. And you're running to serve your wife a cup of coffee. But that's not what Abraham did. But you understood that running is part of showing your love and your desire to do something. And you took it, you processed it, and you started to build on that information in other areas in your life. That's called Bina. Bina can only happen if you take the wisdom that you learn and you bring it into a new level of depth, which means you start to process it, you start to question why, and then you realize, oh, wow, and then you start to really have a good understanding of what's happening. So good is your understanding that you're able to take it and build new buildings from it. It's taking the material and being able to build to apply it. Otherwise, it's raw material that has very little value. That's called Bina. That's even more depth. You could only dot is the application of the wisdom. Chokhmah, Bina, Vadad. After you have Bina, you can apply it. But you have to have depth. If you're a person who just listens and does, you have very little depth to you. Even in the world of Chokhmah. Now, now, that's why, by the way, there are many, many people who learn a lot. They go to classes. They heard on Shabbat a great drashah. They read a book. But they, they haven't really changed much. There's a man sitting for 40 years listening to the rabbi speak. Very little change in him. Why? How do you explain that? So many subjects. So many different areas that when he heard actually... He enjoyed, I mean, he kept going back to the same class. He kept going back to the same shul. Well, what's going on? Why is he the same person? How could you be the same person after 30 years of listening to Chokhmah? The answer is, if you don't process it, and you don't think about it, so it stays as raw information that has very little effect on a person. Very, very little. So the Torah tells us, that when Hashem created us, we were made in His image. What does that mean in His image? In what way are we like Him? Kidmutenu. We're like Hashem. 
what is a human? What is he like, Hashem? Lehavin will to be able to use our bina. We have an awesome processor of information. That's like Hashem. That's godly. Why do hachamim? Why do the rabbis call us the medaber, the one who speaks? When the Torah calls us the one who has bina, seems to be a, a contradiction. It could be, I don't know for sure, but it could be the Torah is telling you in depth why we are similar, how we're similar. But the hachamim are telling us how you can know a person is a person of depth. I can't look at a person and know if he has depth. From the external, I can't see. But when they start talking, talk to a guy for five minutes, and already you know how much he is or not like Hashem. Right away you see from his questions and his reactions and his answers, you know already where he is in the world of Lehavin. Not so hard. So could be Hachamim are giving us the external manifestation of this Kidmutenu. But bottom line is, this is what makes us unique. What makes us special is this ability to take something, to learn something, to process it, to think about it, to draw from it. A person who doesn't live life with Chokhmah and Bina, who doesn't have that, is equal to a behemah. Not trying to put someone down. This is not about saying, ah, you're a behemah. This is reality. A person who doesn't live with the depth of the binah that Hashem gave us, so then you're in the category of a behemah. A behemah that talks. But from your talk, you might say, wait, Behemah doesn't talk, I talk. Yeah, but from your talk, I see you're a behemah. You understand? The medaber isn't what makes you special. The medaber is what allows me to see if you're special. If you're a person who talks nonsense, who doesn't have something real beyond their words, then you are not kidmutenu. You're not a person of depth. And a person must realize that. We must realize that this is our, our capabilities and what makes us special and makes us unique. I will just finish off for today. Maybe we'll continue tomorrow. It's actually a great kindness that Hashem did for us. Tremendous kindness Hashem did for us that we're able to live a life of shallowness without having to think too much. It's possible to live a hundred years, shallow life, not too much thinking. It's very possible. Not only it's possible, that is the reality. Unless you came to a class like this and you realized, hey, I'm 60 years old and I'm still a behemah. So I got to figure this out. Can't live my life like this. I need a little more, more depth. If you didn't go to a class like this, if you didn't learn this, chances are 
you're hovering somewhere near the packaging. Yes, you have a little more depth to you. A little bit more. You know a little more. You understand a little more. But not enough. Not enough. That's making a real difference. When a person lives his life a hundred years without depth, so really it's a great kindness of Hashem. It's a great kindness. Why is it a great kindness? Because so many areas in life are able to be on autopilot without having to put too much thought into it. You know, a person who walks down the steps takes a lot of thought. Walking down the steps is not simple. Walking altogether is not simple. Walking is an act of balancing. Go see a young person, a one-year-old trying to walk. They're focused. It, it's, it's how to... How do I balance myself so I don't fall? It's how to take the next step without having to fall. It's how, to, how do I move in a way that keeps me always on the ground? Walking requires a lot of thinking. Walking down the steps is even more. It's measuring each step. My, my foot's measuring each step so that when I land, I land the right way. Sometimes a person thinks the step is a little bit more than it's supposed to, than it really is, what happens, and they fall. Don't think when you're walking down the steps, it's just walking. There is a lot of, we'll call it, I don't want to call it wisdom, but a lot of thought goes into walking down the steps. But we do it so easily. We don't think about it. We don't strategize. We don't plan it. We don't do that. We just walk down the steps. You know why? Because Hashem gave us the ability to live life on autopilot. What we did yesterday and the day before becomes an automatic way of doing things and already our mind thinks for us without, without having us to think. That's a great blessing because how many, how many things do we do every day that if we had to spend time thinking about them, it would just basically use up our entire energy. If every time I have to walk, I have to think and focus. And every time I, I have to move my hands, and every time I spoke, I have to think about how my mouth is moving so I can make the right letters. And every time I, my day would be busy, and every time I drove, I have to be driving, focused every second. It would be very hard to live a normal life. You'd be busy all day long, just walking, moving, eating. So what did Hashem do for us? He created an ability within the person to be on automatic where he's able to do it without having to think. It's a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful kindness that he gave us this ability to not have to think about everything that we do. But, again, like every gift, there is a very dangerous, dangerous part of that gift is that when we take that same autopilot attitude into things that require depth, you don't have to be in depth to walk down the steps, not necessary. You don't have to be deep when you sit down to eat, not necessary. In the physical world, depth isn't necessary. So therefore we have a gift we don't have to go any more thought than we need to. It's done. 
But when it comes to real things in life, like relationships, like a person's growth, like a person's character, like a person's connection to Hashem, when it comes to real things, do not go down that road. That road was meant for the physical things that aren't that important, for the things that are less important in your life. But the real important things in your life require depth. How do you get that depth? How does a person become a person of depth? That's the question. Today, we learned that if you are an external person who stops by the packaging or near there, you are a prime candidate for very, very unhappy moments in your life in everything that you do. You are the prey for the Yetzirah. But if you go and you become a person of depth, then you are able to easily destroy your Yetzirah. You will easily have a great marriage. Easily have an awesome marriage. You will easily raise great children. You will easily grow as a person. Easy. Why? Because you're in depth. Question is, how does a person become a person of depth? You should know that our society today, perhaps more than ever, ever before, is a society of shallowness. Which means, if we read this book from the Havot Levavot that was written a thousand years ago, and he spoke about shallowness, it would have meant what today we would look at as, wow, that's very deep. What he would call shallow in his time, we would say, wow, such death these people live with. And he's calling that shallow. In our time, the shallowness has become so ridiculous that it has really infested society. It, no, no time in history that when a guy went to buy shoes, he looked at the brand. That never mattered. When people bought shoes, they wanted to see if they're quality. Never did someone buy a watch because he wanted to see the name of the one who made it. Rather, they wanted to see the quality of the time. That it's accurate, that it works, that it doesn't break, that it looks nice. That's it. Today, you have some of the ugliest watches. But it's a brand. And the guy walks around with it feeling like it's actually gorgeous. It's not gorgeous. It's an ugly watch. You and I both know that. But you live in a world of shallowness that even beauty is decided by a name, an advertisement. It's ridiculous. People don't buy cars because they drive well. They buy cars for something else. It's all external. The label is so much more important than the actual item. In fact, people sometimes suffer with their clothing. They suffer. They're not comfortable. It's too tight. They hate it. But what should I do? That's what it is. People are moser nefesh for the label. It's unbelievable things. So we live in a world that today's retail business can't even survive without a label. You're nobody if you have no label. Because the only thing that matters is the label. So this is the world we... And don't think it's only in the retail business. This is... in becomes every part of our lives.
Everything becomes that way. Everything we do becomes label-oriented. Even the way we talk is labeled. Even the way the people we talk to, it's all about the label. We only talk in certain ways to certain people about certain things because we're a label. We walk around, I'm a label, I don't do those kind of things. My label doesn't do that. And that's the way we live our lives. We have a label attached to us, the label either that we have or we want, and we try to live according to the label. So when something comes our way, we think, does the label that I have make sense to do that? Does this label go to this kind of party? Or does this label not go to this kind of party? It's all labeled. A guy builds a brand name for himself. Again, either he has the name or he wants the name. And then from now on, he just consults with his label. He sees, is this kind of person, I should go out with dinner with this person? No, that kind of person doesn't fit with my label. I don't, I don't go out with dinner with that guy. Should I do that? Should I go here? Should I go on vacation here? Nah, not, not, not for this label. Do I do this? Do I do that? It's such a ridiculous life. Our whole life is based on a label that we have and everything has to check with a label. That is the world we're living in. So if this was a reality a thousand years ago, my father, Allah Shalom, my mother, hundred years ago, didn't grow up with labels. Could you imagine a world with clothing and no labels? They had no labels. They went to buy material and they made clothing. Had they make it? Something that looked nice, something that fit nice, that's it. The world has totally changed. So imagine what the Hobot would write today's world. He would be like, I don't know what he, he would be like internal, total shock. He would say the people in my time are so deep compared to these people. The ones he thought were shallow. In today's world, they get the lean. You understand? Today's world, you have to make a very strong effort to get out of this sick mindset. So therefore, anybody listening to this has to realize that they're probably very much affected and infected by this reality in our time. And therefore, must that's it. Is it a shock that today's marriages in the world are a disaster? What happened? Not, forget Jews. Goim. Goim, a hundred years ago, got married. Very, very little divorce. Today, over 50, 60%. What happened? What happened is you can't be married successfully with a label. A label could take you to marriage. That, yes, your nice car, your nice suit, your fake smile. It could bring, it could take you, it could take you to the hubah. Atkan. Past the hubah. It can't do anything for you. So now, oh, is it so surprising that people can't stay married? Of course it's not surprising. That people are off completely in their life? Not surprising. There, it's a label generation. And it's unfortunate because it destroys our ability to fight the enemy that is waiting for a label person. That's who, that's who he has power over. So tomorrow maybe we'll discuss how a person is able to develop them. Have a good day.